Theologian Frederick Buechner writes about the kind of dreams that jolt you awake with their truth. Maybe you've had such a dream. In his dream, he was staying at a hotel, and the room he was given was a room he loved. It was beautiful to him. It, it was the beauty of the room was how he felt about it. He felt happy and at peace there. And everything was the way it should be in that room, and everything about him was the way that it should be when he was in that room. The dream went on, and he wandered around, wandered off to other places, and did other things. And finally, after a time and many adventures, he came back to the same hotel. But this time, he was given a different room. And in this room, he felt dark. It was dark and cramped. And then he began to feel rather dark and cramped in it. And so he went to the front desk and he explained that he really enjoyed his last stay there because of the beautiful room. And he would really love to have that room. But the problem was that he hadn't kept track of where the room was. So he didn't know how to find it or how to ask for it again. So the desk clerk was understanding, and he said he knew exactly the room that he was talking about. And of course, he could have it any time he wanted it. All Frederick Beekner had to do in this dream was to ask for the room by name. So we ask the desk clerk, what is the name of this room? The name of the room, said the clerk, is remember. Remember. The name of the room is remember. That was what shocked Beekner awake. The dazzling unexpectedness of it, he says. He can recall it, the, vis- the vividness of that to this day. He sensed the truth of this dream even if he didn't understand what that truth might be. He knew it as a blessed dream, a healing dream. He knew the peace that filled him in that room and the knowledge that he could return to it whenever he wanted or needed to. Well, that was where the healing and the blessing came from. And the name of the room, that was where the mystery came from. The name of the room is remember. But why remember? What is there about remembering that brings a peace so deep, a sense of well-being so complete and intense that it can jolt us awake? We all remember things that float through, a snippet of this, a vision of that, a sound, a smell, but Buechner suggests that the room called remember causes us to remember in a different way in an intentional way, so that the power of remembering becomes our power. This place is a place where we experience an extraordinary sense of well-being, where we feel at home and at peace. Kind of like what was expressed today about feeling a little bit guilty that there was that there was so much pleasure right that there was so much that sense of well-being 
But in this room called Remember, perhaps we can let go then of that sense of guilt or that things should not be that way, that we should not feel that way, because in fact, maybe it's our birthright that the ordinary, that extraordinary sense of well-being is how we can feel if only we remember. Magic is often described as the art of changing consciousness at will. And Beekner would say that this kind of remember remembering is a conscious act of will. We're invited by entering this room called Remember to consciously choose to transcend and shift our consciousness, to shift how we think about and experience the things that really matter to us. Remember. Remember. I think about it as um, in, in shamanism, they talk about how when things happen to us, traumatic events or it doesn't have to be all that traumatic, but that parts of ourselves, our souls or whatever, split off from us. And that um, those things could be, you know, a car accident, a sudden um, a divorce, a sudden death. Even the birth of a child can be something that, um, that might cause something like that. Um, a near miss of almost anything can cause parts of our soul to go wander off, the shamans might say. And in, in many ways, that can help us survive in the moment. But in order to be whole, what is required is remembering, re-bringing all those parts of ourselves back for healing, if necessary, and in order to heal in order to be whole. Now, shamans would help with that through practices like drumming or um, soul retrieval or soul journeying. And it's perhaps another way then of entering this room called Remember, calling us back to healing, wholeness, and transformation. We've heard about this already today. Sankofa. Going back and getting It is not wrong to go back and pick up the parts we have forgotten. Our survival and our thriving may depend on that. Today we heard about a part that we haven't brought with us as Unitarian Universalists. The story of Joseph Jordan has been told in our religious education curriculum without telling the part about him not being supported financially. It's prettier to tell it without that part. It's painful to know that it happened. We want to be better than that, though. A friend of mine says, if we make space for the pain, we also have more room for the beauty. Beyond these feelings of joy and regret, memories give rise to a profound and undergirding peace, says Frederick Buechner a sense that in some unfathomable way, all is well. In that sense, I experienced something like that this morning. I awoke at what I thought was 5.15. It was actually (laughs) 4.15. 
But but I as I lie there thinking, oh, I have to get up in an hour anyway. I could watch this light come. I actually do love Standard Time. I love this day. Everything clicks back into place. And this morning, though, I was lying there and I was thinking about my past, about some things in my past. And what happened for me was bringing that forward into who I am today. And it shifted for me my response. It shifted what I would say to people as I thought about it. And so I know now that if and when it comes up again, I have language around what I would say and how I will respond about those events. This was a family event. It was, you know, with my brothers and sisters, my greatest teachers and uh, not always easy lessons. <laughs> um, but that was in some ways a healing for me. It's like, oh, I have brought this. I, I sankofed myself this morning, right? I brought back what I had forgotten and shifted it so that I am healed in some way by that. And I have to name that I let go of some of the shame that I carried around those events that was not mine to carry. It is, I realized this morning, that was never my shame to bring, to carry all these years. So, In that remembering is a healing of the past, a healing of the present, and a healing of the future. It is all happening now in some ways. So you, you minister, here's a, here's a, a segue you won't see coming. <laughs> you, you minister, Joanna Fontaine Crawford wrote last week, I don't know if we're all conscious about it, but right now, we're just waiting for Tuesday. I see so many posts where people are commenting on how hard it is to get motivated to do their normal routines. We're waiting for Tuesday because next Tuesday is bigger than the politicians we're voting for. On Tuesday, we find out about us, about the U.S., us, we find out what kind of country we're living in. Is it a country that shrugs or cheers at hate? Or a country that firmly says no? And so it's really no wonder that we're having trouble continuing with normal life. We're not quite sure that what we thought was normal life is. And we're recognizing that has, what has been normal for white people might be abominable to people of color. Right now, it could be that the last two years have been a fluke, a temporary reaction to progress, or that they are the reality of who we are as a nation. This is not normal, we've been saying. But next Tuesday, we find out where and how we need to move forward from here. I will remind you of this, though, that no matter what happens on Tuesday, whether the elections go your way or whether they don't. Life will still be short, and death will still be certain, and we will still have work to do. We are all survivors here, 
Our track record for keeping ourselves alive is 100% successful. It is then in this room called Remember that we reach back and bring with us what we have left behind to remember and call home to ourselves the pain and the beauty of life and death, to find the love that resulted in us being here today, to honor the ancestors who lived so that we may live, to now call their names, to light a candle, to remember them at this blessed time of year when the veil between the worlds is thin, to create our own ritual of honoring the way that so many other cultures have done throughout the world. So I invite you into a very simple ritual, lighting a candle and naming your beloved dead. On the table in front of you are candles and bowls of sand, you're invited to come forward and light a candle and speak aloud the name of your beloved. Perhaps you have more hmm? Perhaps you have more than one name, but I would invite you to choose three, two, three, four, or one. Come forward as it works for you. So in the past, the way that it's been set up, I've had you come forward and speak the name to the person behind you. But today, if you can keep it short, I invite you to come forward and light your candle and as you place it in the sand, speak it aloud to this community. If your body is not willing or able to come forward and you would like a candle lighted for you, please ask your neighbor to light one for you and speak those names to your neighbor. Suddenly, all our ancestors are behind us. Be still, they say. Watch and listen. You are the, the result of the love of thousands for the memories that hold and heal us, for stories we tell of those whose heroism inspires our own, for the pictures of loved ones who have passed and whose images we see our better selves, for the work of remembering that we stand on the shoulders of others who paved the path on which we walk and blessed us with advantages we didn't earn all on our own. May these memories of those who came before us inspire us to pass on a better world to those who will come after us, and may their light guide our way.